Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside usually on the Erie campus. Looking forward to a great conversation and actually handing off some responsibilities, but we'll get to that today. I got Patrick Sobecki here. What's up, my friend? Hey, Jay. Happy to be here. It's so good that you're in the booth with me. Looking forward to uh, a great conversation we're going to have this week on the weekly. But before we get there, you want to always do me a huge favor. Jay loves it when you go to CalvaryBible.com. Actually, I just sit there all day behind the data watching you click on CalvaryBible.com and go, yes, they did it. Not really. But you should go to CalvaryBible.com, click your campus, find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. we got so many great things this spring. We're in a great series. You want to, if you missed a message, you need to go click on a message. Listen. Also, we have so many great things happening this summer with students and kids and adults. You do not want to miss out on jumping jumping in community here at Calvary this spring. But before we get any further, Patrick is actually taking on the weekly this summer. In fact, this is a week in which he is driving the board. So if it's EQ poorly. You can blame him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but Patrick's taking on because I am actually stepping off in sabbatical in a few weeks. Man, that's so exciting, Jay. What is your plan for sabbatical and why are you taking one? Yeah, thanks, Patrick. That's a great question as a new host of the weekly for the summer. Uh, you know what? It's going to be, um, we always say Calvary has their pastor step off in sabbatical in health to keep healthy. So this is nothing new, nothing surprising. Actually, I've known for seven years this summer, this date. So that's how long it's been mapped out um, for here, my time at Calvary. They asked pastors to step away um, as they approach the seventh year to get sharp, to be refreshed, to get retooled for uh, the next season of ministry. So it's my first one, so I don't know what to expect in a lot of ways. But I did submit my plan to the elders. Um, I submitted my plan first to my lead, my lead guy, Gary Osborne. Makes sense. On this campus. And then we submitted it to the elders. And then I was assigned to elders. I have two elders who uh, know my plan detail by detail and what I'm doing and what I'm studying. And then they will be checking in with me throughout the summer as I'm away for 13 weeks. That sounds so great, Jay. Yeah. Excited. Uh, Thanks for your service for all these years. <laughs> well, man, it feels it's just very humbling. Let me say it this way. It's a very humbling thing to realize it was here. Does that make sense? Like it had come sooner than you expected? Or? Yeah, and I don't know what to expect, and I don't know what it means to honestly pause like this and pick something back up sure. in the fall. So, um, you know, I've we've... I was telling a friend, I've had chances where I've been let go from jobs or have transitioned into different roles or, you know what I mean, had moments to pause, mm. seasons of like the unknown and things like that. But it's weird to put something down, lay something down and know you're coming back to it eventually. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just an odd sense of, wow, well, I'm going to come back, but I'm going to take a break. Yeah. So I have a plan to do a lot of study and um, some books and some theological study of uh, First and Second Timothy mm. over the summer. Um, 
and just looking forward to being back with you guys. Actually, it's sort of funny. I haven't even left, and I'm looking forward to being back. How weird is that? No, that's that's how we know it's a good thing for you <laughs> yeah. to be stepping off in this moment yeah. of like, that's how we know you're healthy. Yeah. And yeah. stepping off to stay healthy. Yeah. And I'm just so, I mean, the elders, I can't tell you, the leadership team around here, the elders are just the real deal people. And uh, I say that a lot. And I've said that a lot for a lot of years. And it's so true. They have been so kind and encouraging, even in this season of me stepping out. And asking these questions and really processing what I'm, I need to do and what I want to accomplish and all those type of things, dreams, desire, you know, all those. And they they are asking me the right questions, which I know that means they know me and they're great leaders. And so, yeah, Patrick, you're you're stepping into the weekly. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. It's been a sweet podcast to be a part of for a couple of weeks now, and I'm excited to give it a little bit more of a bolder spin in terms of who we're talking to, who we're having conversations with. But, yeah, it should be a great experience. Yeah, you know, years ago when we started the weekly, I wanted to create a podcast where I we have the privilege of being around the water cooler on Monday and mm. Tuesday, right, mm-hmm. with the preachers. Oh, yeah. And we get asked some questions, and they're processing even their, their sermon even. And sort of the implications of how to live Monday and Tuesday afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, man. They've wrestled with the text in such a way that they have these conversations that we've always been privileged to have with them, right? On Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, it's part of the joy of being on staff. Yeah. And then I wanted Calvary to experience these conversations. Mm. That's why the weekly was created. Like yeah. you're you people, you're involved in these posts preaching conversations usually and it's just wonderful to hear our pastors like process to pick up things that they left behind on sunday because of time or clarity's sake unique things that stick out in the text but aren't beneficial for that message you know and we just get to hear that that's awesome i had a preaching professor tell us that when you write a good message, usually you have the foundation for five or six messages mm-hmm. because there are just so many things in every text. And I, I love that you set up this informal space to be able to give the pastors space to share some of those great thoughts that the Lord led them to, but also led them not to ultimately share on Sunday morning. Yeah. What do you think about this new this new series, Winsome, Book of Daniel? What are, What is sort of your first takes on how we're going through the book of Daniel. Man, I think the application of Daniel to life here on the front range is so sweet in so many ways. And I I think as we get into the stories more and more, we're going to see how like our life actually lines up with this dude who lived almost 3000 years ago. And actually like it fits in culturally for us and how we should live. It's amazing how the Bible speaks to our present day in such a real way yeah. it's not ethereal does, does that make sense yeah it's, it's very it's this very sh- lived on the street yeah i think that people often will get the the taste of like oh spiritual books are gonna live in like my bedside table or in that comfy chair in my living room but i think what's really great about daniel in this series in general is like no this is actually like how are you going to interact with your boss? How right. are how are you going to 
interact with coworkers that are not excited about the fact that you're, you have faith in God. Right. Like that's, what's so good about it. Totally. You know, Daniel even speaks to, I'm in like little league season, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons why I, I coach in little league, one of the reasons I invest in there is it gets me around non-Christians. You know, mm. I'm a pastor. I sit around a lot of Christians a lot of time and I have a lot of spaces where I in, interact with believers. And it reminds me like, this is very real when it comes to a baseball game <laughs> and a teenager, a seventh grader umping, you know, uh, <laughs> balls and strikes or oh. not knowing the rules yet or learning, you know, yeah. he's in the process. They're in the process of learning the rules of baseball yeah. as they're umpiring a literally game and the other coaches and like the parents that I trust their kids with me mm. for a season is like, man, Daniel, is very practical right now oh, through serious. my season, you yeah. know? I, and I feel the same way. I work with the speech and debate team at Fairview High School, mm-hmm. and it's just, I mean, the all the coaches, uh, all the students, like, I think there are maybe two other Christians that I've met out of the 60 students who are part of it and the five other coaches that are a part of it. Right. And it's just incredible because we get to have really deep serious conversations because it's speech and debate right it's the name of the game right but we get to like explore and dive into ideas that these students would never hear really defended or talked about in their classroom it's like oh what a chance to be able to share opposing viewpoints in a charitable way Mm -hmm. and in a really understanding way yeah and how unique is that in even our culture at this point, right? Like we've forgotten the the way in which to dialogue, yeah. to disagree mm. in a way that's civil yeah. and constructive. Yep. You know? Well, and to be honest, that's the thing I think I work on the most with the students is we really like chant professionalism. It's like mm-hmm. one of the thing, words we say over and over again of like you need to be able to approach this without – getting really angry and really upset at the person you're arguing with because that's not the point. The point of this discussion is to actually see if the ideas are the true and right and good ones. Oh man, that is so good. That fits specifically in your wheelhouse because unlike, I would say Patrick has probably, this is not a prideful statement. This is a reality statement here, people. Patrick has probably read more of the great books than anyone on staff. And I thought I had read them, but you have surpassed because you had an education in them. Like I did. I had a master's in great books, right? Yeah. Uh, classical works. But you even had, uh, yeah, you've you taken to another level. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I, I mean, Bethlehem College is the organization to thank for that. I yeah. was just lucky enough to end up there. Yeah. And what are some of your great, we've asked this question before, but what are some of the great Western classics that you just think about often, especially in debate and civil society mm. um, in the modern world? What, which ones do you think about most often? All right. So my hot take yeah. is that Western culture hasn't changed significantly since 1850. Okay. So, I and what I mean is I think we... In the West, so Europe, North America said, we don't need God. Mm-hmm. 
And since then, we've been working out the implications of that. And so I think a lot of books from the turn, that turn of the 19th century, have so much to say to our culture and our time. So I love Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. I think Tale of Two Cities is just such a beautiful picture of the gospel in a fiction work. And, but it's also a story about the French revolution. Right. Um, and it's just incredible. Hmm. Um, and I think another author from that same time period is Fyodor Dostoevsky. Oh man. I love brothers Karamazov. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And people, you should read brothers K. There's a great translation called brothers K now. Yeah. A very modern translation. Oh, so easy to read. But you should read it in community. You should find a friend who's nerdy mm. enough to read it with you. <laughs> Which might be hard to do. You know, it might be. But, uh, you know, reach out to me over the <laughs> summer. Honestly, I'll read it with you. Yeah. I just got, I had loaned my copy to a friend and just got it back. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's actually moving to Hungary as a missionary. And didn't want to take the thick book that Brothers K, K is. Yeah. Um. And I just picked it up and just realized again how much I love that book. Oh, that's such a good book. Oh. Such a good book. So, you know, as a, a guy who reads a lot, um, what books would you say Calvary individuals need to read as they get inspired by going through the book of Daniel? Yeah, I think when it comes to books about thinking about how to live, what to do, how to even think about what does it mean to live as a Christian in this place in this time? I think like, man, you should start with a book like Desiring God by oh, John Piper. It's probably in my top five. I think it just, it provides such a beautiful foundation for the Christian life, not just as like American life, but with like, also I go to church on Sunday, but actually redirecting the, direction of your life to say, oh, I'm actually going to see God as the one who's going to give me the fullest, greatest, everlasting happiness that I really want out of Mm -hmm. everything in my life. Yeah. His big idea is Christian hedonism. Yeah. Which is a very strange word when you think of modern culture. Yeah, because hedonism is like this crazy pleasure seeking there's no point to life like that's right. what we think of when we hear that Eat, word drink and be merry yeah and tomorrow we'll die that's hedonism right and so when someone slaps christian on front of it you're like wait that seems like the opposite of how the pastors at calvary would want me to live yeah and here's the thing with john piper like he is such a beautiful pastor of god's word he loves god's word he, yeah. he desires God's presence, right? Mm-hmm. And what his whole thing is that we have desire. Mm. Like every human being is created in a des- with desire. Yep. It's how you point that desire, which gives you life or death. Yep. And he doesn't say it in that way, but he does say Christian hedonism is finding the ultimate pleasure in God. Yeah. And that just resonates with the modern world, I think. Oh, yeah. I think finding a joy that actually lasts, mm-hmm. finding the happiness that goes beyond just the experience that you have, I right. think that's what we all want. I think that's so much behind even the the pushes for justice, for traveling, for safety. It's all 
underneath that is like, how do we actually live the happy life that lasts? Right. And Christian hedonism says, oh, we're designed for that mm-hmm. and to find it in God. And I think going to Psalm 1611 is one of the foundational verses for that of you've made known to me the paths of life in your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh man, that's, that's such a great reminder, Patrick, of where we're at in today's age and what we're aiming for as believers of Calvary. You know, and Desiring God is also very, the chapters are very short. Mm. They're, they're more devotional than actually study form. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it was based on a sermon series okay. that Piper did in the 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. And so he, when the book was pulled together, really, instead of written, it was really in the sense of you, you get a pastor who's speaking to your heart, mm-hmm. not just an academic theologian who's exploring something interesting. Right. Oh, I, I totally agree. It reminds me also that John Piper has a really great tool on YouTube called Look at the Book. Mm. Have you seen these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I would say that's one of the best biblical studies you could have outside of Calvary is that YouTube series, Look at the Book. Because it goes back to, I mean, even Calvary's uh, series of really looking into the text of... Mark it up series. The mark it up. Thank you. Slipped my mind. And just seeing how he uses highlighters and pens to be able to circle and emphasize the things that the biblical author is emphasizing, but we miss when we're just reading the Bible in our daily devotional. Right. It gives so much depth to even just a few verses. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I would, if I had a magic wand, I would have everyone at Calvary read Desiring God at least mm. once. Ugh. And maybe you probably should read it once a year, really. In reality, you know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those books that sort of just warms your heart back up to the gospel, to yeah. Jesus, and to the presence of God. Yeah, and I think that as a foundation for even like relating it to the Daniel series of like, how are you supposed to live? It's like, well, we need to start with what's the point of living? Oh, man, that is so true. That is so true. It's like, because if the point of living is just getting the American dream, getting your like kids into the right college so that they can get the right job so they can rinse and repeat. Like if that's the point of living, then I, the, I don't think the Daniel series is going to mean mm. a lot. Cause it's like, what's, well, it'd be nice if more people went to church, I guess. Yeah. But if the point of living is that we get the fullest possible happiness from God by knowing him and then are commanded to share that joy with those around us, then Daniel's life, where he lives even unto death, mm-hmm. like in a countercultural way, it makes sense all of a sudden. Yeah, it makes sense because he's he's pursuing the ultimate happiness. Yeah. The ultimate good in his life mm-hmm. is God himself. Yeah, completely. Man, you know, I actually didn't expect this conversation to slow down at this point hmm. for us today. But I think you're right. And I think it, it, it needs to give some weight it goes back to Psalm 16, right? It's like, do we believe ultimately that God wants to flourish us? Mm. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the lie of the enemy. Is, does he really want to flourish? You know what I mean? Does, yeah. does he really want you to know? 
you actually gave yourself to God's priorities, would you be happy? Yeah. That's the question Satan whispers all the time. Totally. And and we see this in the life of Daniel is ultimately it leads them to some really hard things, some hard (laughs) moments, some hard conversations, (laughs) some hard living. Yeah. But ultimately it actually gives him the best life. And Mm. God works in extreme ways through the life of Daniel. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, the, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it, but the stories of Nebuchadnezzar are, it's just incredible mm-hmm. to be able to see what God does in Nebuchadnezzar's life through the character of Daniel, just being there and being faithful to God, mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, as we were reading, I was reading chapter one and two of Daniel. I kept thinking of Psalm 23, mm-hmm. that he's a good shepherd. And then I was thinking about Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. You know what I mean? Like something like we're getting with this book of recommendation of desiring God. You've really got to tune your heart to the voice of God as well. Hmm. Does that make sense? And I felt like in Daniel, I was seeing, I was feeling that Psalm come to life in some ways in which he was walking through the shadow of death. So many hard situations, even in the first two chapters of Daniel. And realizing, like, he does lead Daniel into greener pastures. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. And, yeah, and I know that the the story itself doesn't point directly to Psalm 23, but I was thinking Psalm 23 and this idea of the shepherd Mm. was really good for me to understand with the life of Daniel. And I think it's connected to also... Sort of this theme we're having with Desiring God by John Piper. Um, they're all connected in some way. Yeah. And I think even that that point of remembering that he God is with Daniel in all of it. He's through Dan in all these things, that that's that's the place we want to be. We want to remember that God is with us in the midst of the really hard living situations that we have and just the difficulties that we're going to continue to face throughout our lives, right? Totally. Are, are we going to be able to say that God is the good shepherd in the midst of the stru- real struggles we're going to face in our culture? Oh, man, Patrick, that's a great conversation. And you should have that in community here at Calvary. Oh, that's amen. A, that's, a long, that's a long conversation over a long few months. And with prayer with friends, right? Oh, yeah. Reading God's word. And really discerning if that is your true heart for your life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. All right, Patrick. I'm so excited that you're going to be leading us soon here on the weekly. Thanks, Jay. It's great to be here. Calvary, you just have a great week. Looking forward to talking to you. Always praying for you. See you very soon.